My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's show by James Potton, the founder and CEO of Amplified Futures, an entity that helps founders of consultancies, service providers and tech businesses scale up. Uh, James, very warm welcome to you today and thanks for joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure having you with us. Great to be here. Thanks, Scott. Great having you alongside me as well, James. Um, Obviously, I've explained in very simple terms what it is that uh, your business, Amplified Futures, actually does. But just in your own words, um, what is it that you sort of really specialise in, in your perspective? Yeah, great. Yeah, great question to start with. So um, I guess it, 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 it really comes down to... Uh, the experience I had in scaling businesses, I've had a few not-for-profits, a few for-profits, and um, and then this one, um, and look, it's hard. Scaling's really hard, and we were going through a period in, in my environmental consultancy back in 2012 where we'd done a lot of groundwork to try and get the business scaling ready. Um, I recently stepped into the MD role, and it, it started to really work, and that in itself was really hard to handle to be to be honest it was it was just we we went from like 2.8 to 8.9 mil turnover in, in one year um and it was just there's so much going on when you're like it's getting rapidly so i found uh like mastermind network i found um i found uh you know the consultants i needed to like help me go on the journey because a lot of it is like your your own personal journey is mirrored back into the, the, the business so i've tried to capture what we did before to get that type of scale and then what we did to actually you know sustain it and, and maintain it so i built it into a program but you know that's part of it there's a framework you know and but then there's also like mastermind and consultancy alongside it yeah, so plenty uh, that you're doing then. And um, I suppose, like you say, I mean, a lot of that is sort of channeled from your own sort of personal journey and sort of building businesses and trying to where uh, to scale them up. And uh, sort of from that kind of personal perspective, um, what are some of the key challenges early on that you find yourself sort of helping entrepreneurs with in terms of getting their businesses built up and really fulfilling their potential? It, it, it's, it's tricky because obviously every business, every entrepreneur is, is different mm. and the scenario is different and what they're trying to do in the stage of the company so you know i like in a business a bit like the number of people is the age of it so you get you know you've got your early toddler stage you've got just one or two people you start to start to grow um and look you know it the sort of pizza rule around eight people it's it it can be quite a happy and harmonious place and you start to get into the teams and like the wheels start coming off um, so it's, it's, it's super interesting. Look, it depends on where someone is, you know, if it's, if it's early on, then it's product. Next thing is like looking at how they promote. The next is looking at procedures and the final one is adding people, um, to the mix and, and people, and that, and so if you don't get that order right, you can, you can kind of go start adding people or process too soon and you actually haven't worked out what your product is and how, how the market's going to receive it. So um, yeah, these are all ambition. Ambition can um, can trip entrepreneurs up. So it's it's about trying to like get them to sort of step back and reflect on like what's ha- happening and um, 
what might serve them, you know, is what they're doing serving them right now, what might serve them better in, in, in where they're trying to get to. Yeah, exactly right. And there are a lot of complexities around when it comes to kind of like building a bigger team, making sure you bring in the uh, the right personalities that are, you know, going to complement you with their skill sets. Uh, but as well as that, as um, it's also difficult as well from a mindset perspective sometimes for business leaders, if they've kind of built their business from the ground up to sort of also step back from kind of the day-to-day operating side, isn't there? And uh, that can be sort of a big challenge um, that we sort of really have to face. And it seems like from the outside that it could be an easier role to sort of step back have less hands-on responsibility and maybe move into that more strategic role it almost seems like the natural thing to do but it's difficult isn't it it's really hard uh super hard super hard and, and yeah exactly it's you know it's their baby they built this they 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 know it inside now they know why they've done it and they can't think of anyone that could do everything within it better than themselves and, and look i i'm totally i'm t- I, it's quite interesting. Life's quite meta, right? The advice you give others is the advice you need to hear yourself. And mm. I, I'm going through that with with Amplified a bit because I, I am the product, and I'm trying to sort of find ways of separating me from the product. So, yeah, look, it, it is very difficult. Um, the best way I can describe it's almost like a mindset, and it isn't that dissimilar to a growth mindset. Mm. Um, if people, if you can always look to make yourself redundant you're never gonna be bored because you're always going to be finding the next like job and the next thing to do um and when i speak to leaders i talk about it in the sense of like shedding skin so you know you need it sounds a bit horrible but you kind of like need to shed skin and see if you've shed it enough to make a, a new person um and then obviously you know you understand what that is you can hand it to someone and give them like the um the autonomy but to make sure that they're aligned to go and like make that happen so mm. that, that's 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 kind of a key and and it's really powerful if you can get that to flow through the organization so as your leadership team if they have the same mindset of not wanting to hold on to everything but think about how could we do this better like ask like questioning why things are done a certain way because it's amazing, you know, technology is moving so quickly. Mm. Um, it, it means that it, what, the way we were doing something, you know, six months ago might actually, there might be a way more effective way of doing this. Or, or what, should we not be outsourcing that um, and, you know, doing things that are actually harder in a sort of creative sense, like in, internally? Yeah, absolutely right. I can certainly see where you're coming from. And in the scale-up process, you've touched on it there, technology and sort of the increasing importance of automation, that's only going to grow, isn't it, to sort of make businesses bigger, more efficient, make processes leaner. And um, that's also a challenge as well, isn't it, for uh, leaders who are looking to enter that scale-up process, actually leveraging technology in the uh, the right way, because there are so many ways that it can be advantageous to us. But if we kind of get the implementation of that wrong, I mean, it can set us back as well. So those are things that we do also really need to be uh, to be conscious of. Yeah, and, um, and, and, you know, it's going back to my earlier point, sort of systems, it's, it's really important to have a systems mindset or to have that muscle within the organization. Um, but it's also important not to systematize too soon because um, it, it's possible to do things manually until you've got an understanding of how many times it has to be done. And, and look, like the key thing here is if you, if you, build a system on top of uh, an already inefficient process, you're going to, you know, actually magnify, you're going to amplify that, uh, 
um, that that problem through your business. So it that that's why it's so important. It you've got you've got to first um, define, then refine, and then you've got to think about whether you delegate or automate. And it automates the last, you know, building a system on things is the last step of of, of those four. Yeah, exactly right. So thinking about automation and thinking about technology is also incredibly important for sort of increasing productivity, isn't it? Because that's the ultimate aim of this. And uh, like I say, we're seeing so much uh, progress in that regard with people bringing sort of AI processes into their businesses, which is all incredibly fascinating stuff. Um, but talking about sort of productivity in a little bit of a broader sense now, um, we're always thinking about that within our businesses and we're always thinking about how to sort of lead and manage uh, the people that work around us to get the best out of them. And that's something that uh, the uh, the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, actually talked an awful lot about at the recent uh, Tory party conference, sort of unleashing the potential of uh, Brits increasing productivity on a national scale. Um, but I suppose some of the phrasing that she's used there, I mean, sort of hinting that, you know, sort of Brits have been maybe lazy and productivity has been in the doldrums for a bit too long is that really sort of in the national sense going to kind of get the best out of people from your personal perspective yeah yeah look, great question so I, I think it's important with these um yeah look politics is a, is, a, is a tricky subject but um you know you have to go back to the source so I, i've been you know i'm in the early stages of reading britannia and and chain to try and make sense of what this new government are trying to do but it's pretty you know obvious early on that it's um there's a viewpoint that yeah brits, brits are lazy um now yeah look in my experience of running organizations that isn't necessarily going to inspire people so I, i'm not sure if that's the best um position for them to to, to to take with uh with with their um i suppose sort of philosophy on this mm. uh, look it it i I think that we've got we've got the opportunity to be really productive in in the UK and to to, to be you know basically um, you know competing on the world stage, but it but it isn't necessarily through um, just getting people to work harder or more hours. I think that that's like you know that that's that's working um, that 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 that's not really like how it it works in, in business as i said earlier on you have to question why you're doing something and how it how it works mm. we've got technologies coming through now that you could probably do something like raise the, the minimum wage which would affect sort of smaller businesses but you could do something like that which meant that their businesses had a less reliance on throwing lower um uh you know a sort of cheaper resource packing and try to encourage businesses to innovate and to look at introducing like technologies that that make them more effective and efficient, and that that ha- that will have the effect of growing the, the pie, as the, the new, the new um, prime minister is, is is saying. So you also distribute um, wealth more so to people um, in, a, in a more e- even way by doing something like that. So we're mixing politics with with business here, but I mm-hmm. I do think that. Um, there is a huge opportunity to look at effectiveness and efficiency in organisations and not just getting people to work 60-hour weeks. Yeah, I think that's very right. I mean, we work some of the longest hours in Europe, but productivity may be amongst the uh, the lowest. So that that is something that certainly does need to be uh, does need to be looked at. Um, but as well as that, I mean, we talked about sort of um, innovation, and that's something else that I want to talk about uh, because. Um, 
businesses need to be able to scale up in order to sort of really innovate and get to a point where innovations make a difference. And this is a challenging thing to do. Um, I've had a discussion, um, a similar discussion with another business leader who finds that we get to the point where businesses start to scale up. And even if they manage to get into that point, we don't tend to sort of keep the businesses and keep, you know, the uh, the innovations and the jobs that it creates in the UK. They tend to then be sold on to Silicon Valley, for instance. And this is something which um, is because maybe in this country, we're not necessarily that good, sort of certainly governmentally, at sort of backing innovation long term and having the legacy programmes. Um, we're seeing some great stuff coming out of Innovate UK, of course, and very intensive uh, financial support um, for maybe sort of periods of one to three years. But that sort of soft touch kind of longer term support doesn't seem to be there. So I suppose we've seen in the uh, the mini budget that there's some uh, some significant tax policies in there that are prepared to sort of, you know, put more money into businesses so that they can invest in future innovations. But um, does government need to sort of make more of a statement that it's you know going to be backing business backing scale-ups and backing innovation in the long run absolutely but it 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 does come down to um the success of how we implement or build you know innovation within organizations and there's a tendency to throw money at the product not money at the um the the team. So, if I can explain that, I mean, it goes back to you know, was in did my engineering apprenticeship in in Honeywell, and we were doing Six Sigma and Lean back back then, and and there was there was a model where if you can get the right people in the room at the start and and invest a little bit more upfront in getting that engagement, then you, over over time you get far more effective like you know delivery of that 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 transformation that you're trying to create. And in fact, you massively reduce the, the likelihood of sort of ongoing sort of tech debt, as it were, where it wasn't really implemented correctly. So th- there's something in, um, and, and I remember, like in my environment consultancy, we we would we would free up like entire days for training for the team, or um, and actually trying to build the innovation muscle. So we did something called Your Twenty Four, which was uh, at 24 hours. Um, then tried to do it like once a quarter, but it wasn't always possible. Uh, where the team got to like work together um, uh, on a on an area of the business that they wanted to develop or, or or felt needed fixing because they were seeing like what was actually happening on a day to day basis, not not you know uh, us in the sort of like board and leadership senior leadership team. So mm-hmm. that 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 built a innovation muscle and allowed people to sort of question why we did things. So um, I don't think it's just about uh, when we sort of talk about the government. Um, supporting this um it's almost the opposite right of what the government is saying because it yeah sure if you want people to work 60 to 60 hours give them like 20 percent time to develop and to um to um like actually look at creating new ways of doing things mm. because that actually increases the efficiency it's it, it, it's it's counterintuitive but you increase the efficiency of your organization if you're able to, to do that so um, yeah, that, that, I don't know how the government like necessarily get involved with that, but it's um, and when we when we speak to businesses at the moment that are looking to in, to um, create transformations in their business, they might offer sort of two to three hours in a month to like work with with the team, and and you're not going to get like transformation with that little amount of time, or, or you know you can with like you know a blended learning model, but there there there's, there needs to be more 
um, time allowed within the organization uh, and and this this I don't know how you solve this where when they're all like working right up to you know the the profitability is like you know especially given current climates is so difficult um they 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 we need to find a way to allow businesses to give their teams to not time to not always be on the pitch they need time to be like you know in the training ground mm-hmm. and, and learning yeah, and I, I guess you're absolutely right in the sense that leadership to an extent, part of it needs to sort of take on a little bit of a sort of coaching and developmental sort of approach, doesn't it? We need to be actually developing people and equipping them to essentially drive innovations and give them that time out of the, uh, you know, the day-to-day, the operations, the hands-on to sort of develop themselves. And that's where your progression pathways come from. And that's how you create a positive culture. And uh, funnily enough, um, it brings me back to a quote, actually, from I think it was Lord Maud that I read in a BBC article uh, recently. And he said about um, ministers are essentially plucked from backbenches and thrust into sort of key governments government roles with very little experience and said right pick this job up and I'm just not given any requisite training whatsoever and the same can happen to uh, to civil servants as well so it's happening in government and sometimes it happens in business and it really stifles our creativity and ultimately our productivity doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely um the 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 best way I've seen it described is the concept of flow um and so Flow is when you have, a, a, to some extent, a balance between our skill set and the challenge. So, you know, on the axis of skill and challenge. So, as our skill increases, we can then start to increase the challenge. It obviously changes depending on what what we're doing. But you can get into a flow state um, if you've got that that balance. And you know, leadership is about trying to get that balance for for the team members. So, you know, if you go too far one way. Um, you get anxiety if you go too far the other way you get boredom so you've got to try and like always be thinking about well where where is my team at the moment on this and how could i help them um you know keep keep pushing their own sort of personal development and, and look, I, I have a belief that you should have university of life over the doors of the place that you work um and you know people go to work for two things growth and contribution so you know if either of those drop then that, engagement drops and people start looking for new roles or, or you know going on the solopreneur route so um you've got to you've got to you've got to find ways of it in making sure people feel like they're contributing to their best level and find ways to um to make sure that they feel like they're personally like developing and growing that's exactly right uh, because a lot of the reason why it's so tough in recruitments at the moment and there has been you know sort of that uh, that great resignation that we talked about over the last couple of years is the fact that you know development pathways uh, weren't necessarily there and they weren't seeing that progression and that fulfillment and so leaders need to be very very conscious of that and um, especially when it is difficult with a very shrinking talent pool that's uh, that's out there at the moment yeah yeah so um it, it's a much bigger question when you start looking at it from a uk sort of plc perspective but um look around a design and tech school in in london for yeah nearly three years um and and it was really interesting because the model had originated from vancouver and it was it was it was very interesting how like the differences in the way it was received by um the um you know the peoples as it were so the way it was received mm. in, in Canada, 
I guess it's a bit more, I don't know whether it's because we have a monarch in it. Well, I guess they do a bit in Canada as well, to some extent, but it, it's just really interesting. Like there's a sort of can-do three-month program, get yourself from not knowing anything to effectively passing your driving test and then go and like really learn about like how to apply things. Whereas in the UK, we were coming up against the parents who were funding the program and it was the same price for three months as a year at university. So you, parents tend to go, well, look, you know, you'll get a certificate at the end of a, of a degree. Whereas we were saying you'll get employed and go on a like fantastic, like, you know, career trajectory. Now it's all about outcomes. What are the outcomes we're trying to achieve? Um, if it's a certificate, then we're, we're all screwed because you know what the certificate isn't like actually like demonstrating and, and, and you know, anyone who's done a degree will know most of the learning comes from when you actually, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed university. It was brilliant and I learned a lot from it, but more like life skills. Um, you know, I use a lot more of the life skills stuff um, than necessarily the, the degree. So if you can accelerate that learning and you can help, um, and, and, and look, you know, taking this back to what we're talking about, which is like, you know, UK PLC and businesses, mm. it is a business going to allow one of their team members, I can't get three hours, never mind three months. So are they going to allow one of their team members to go out for three months to learn a new skill and, and come back in? And that, that might be what's to some extent stifling um, employment and, and, you know, forcing people down the great resignation route because if a business isn't willing to support their really support their 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 growth because you know there's the old adage you know what if I train you know my employee and they and they leave and what if you don't and they say you know it's that 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 is a a constant um you know challenge that that the business leaders are are, are facing so um you know, we've got the apprenticeship sort of model that's come through from government um so this is this is helping to support you know people to like learn new skills but this this learning isn't learning is about applying in my in my view it's how do you go and apply what the thing that you've just read and how do you you know turn that knowledge into wisdom and that that is where we're not so good and and, and that would be in my view where the productivity gap is is occurring because there's almost a fascination with the certificate rather than, um, you know, true, the, the, the sort mm. of true depth of learning from, from, from you know, doing a programme. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. It's, um, it's all about how we apply the knowledge that we've, uh, that we've acquired, isn't it? And uh, maybe uh, that is something that uh, we're not terribly good at in this country and um, something that we do need to improve on. Um, and like I say, let's see hopefully um, that uh, this message is, is heeded in the, uh, the future and we do start to see some real development in, uh, in that side of things. Um, and since it is in a constant state of flux, as is your personal journey as well, James, I know you mentioned earlier on that, you know, you're looking at sort of taking a step back for amplified futures and working on other things. Um, if we were to look ahead to uh, say sort of the back end of next year 2023 um where would you sort of like to be by then and sort of what's next for you do you feel um yeah interesting so it's i mean this comes down to like scale scalability so um uh, it, if you once you've created i mean it's taken me 18 months to create the program to like put the first two cohorts through the program it, it now it now works. You know, we've we've seen a, a doubling of turnover um, in in the first cohort in the in the first year. Um, we're just at the end of the second cohort at the, at the moment. 
Um, so it works. Now, now the thing is, like, how how do we get? How could we get people to sort of help? Like, well, basically um, deliver some of some of that whilst I'm still involved. And I, I don't. I, I actually, you know, I love what I do, so I don't want to not be doing it. But I, I think that there's a there's almost like a piece around like the message and, and, and trying to like raise awareness that there are other ways to, to, to run a business. And, you know, 2012, I was getting a stomach ulcer. Uh, and, and then as a result of like working in a group and a mastermind, getting the right advice, I, I was able to sort of, I had to transform personally. I was, you know, there's kind of like, if you look at the levels that we go through um, in, in development, we start, we can start in a sort of blame model. And we've got to like learn to stop being the victim. Then we start to become um, really effective in what we do. But we're almost, you know, and when we get to that level, we just want everything to be us doing it. Um, and at that stage, you've got to let go of the need for control. Um, and then that can get you into a flow state and allow others to work through you. And, and, and I, that, that was really the thing I was trying to unlock personally was, my need for control. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, you know, the, the business worked because we found a way to, to sort of create freedom within boundaries. This is where we're trying to get to triple horizon. This is the like five year, this is one year, this is, and let's build the 90 days together. That, that, that is um, something I'd like to bang the drum more, more for. So it might not be like, you, you know, less, less involvement um, amplified. It just might be a slightly different kind of, um, role that i'm taking within it yeah so some interesting stuff um ahead and like i say hope you do manage to uh, sort of execute it to the the best possible effect james and i think it'd be great perhaps to, uh, to catch up at some point in the next year you know when everything is becoming clear and uh you know you're taking that next step um on uh, on that journey of yours and um just for anybody as well who um, has been affected by some of the um you know some, some of the maybe mindset issues that we've uh, discussed today and you feel you know you have your own perspective to add to the uh, the conversation um you can either leave a comment with us via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us or you can even apply to be on the program yourself as well via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and you know bring your own take to the uh, to the discussion table as well um but for now i have to say it's been an immense pleasure welcoming amplified futures james potton on to today's show and uh, thanks ever so much james for your time and joining us today and uh, do take care and um, of course uh, good luck in the future and as i say i'm sure it'd be great to uh, great to be welcome you back at some point thanks scott much appreciated and to everybody listening into today's podcast, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, today. And uh, next time we'll be back with a whole new perspective. But until then, take care all and goodbye.